Unity of Farmington Hills, a positive path for spiritual living. Find a way to open your heart You're so much more than you do Find a way to open your heart Open your heart Always you are God's instrument another hand. They, they did. They're holding it down. <laughs> good morning, everybody. Good morning. It's good to see you all. Good to be here with you all. And those of you who are online, good to see you. As, I mean, good to have you. I can't see you, but it's good to have you join us this morning. I'm Reverend Kelly Kincaid. For those of you who do not know me, and I am so excited to be here. I have my girlfriends here who've been with, uh, in my life for a long time. It's so good to see my girlfriend Dina and Deetra. It's funny, Dina said, I'm going to be there on Sunday. I didn't know she was bringing Deetra, so it was a special treat to have them here. 
Um, and it's a big deal because when I was speaking before I got into unity, speaking at unity churches, I was speaking at other churches, and they will always be there as my support. So I'm so happy to have you here. I really am. All righty. So I'm going to have say I'm going to present our announcements for today, and then we will continue with our service. So it looks like it may be raining outside today, so we're not going to have our fellowship outside today. We're going to um, maybe next week, um, we'll probably start downstairs with our mask on, staying social distancing. We'll see. I'll let you know next week. But we're going to go ahead and cancel the fellowship today because it looks rainy and muggy. And it's a little bit interesting for me to breathe in the rain and the mug. So, so but tomorrow, we are still going to have our Zoom house party at 1 p.m. And everybody's welcome to join us. And then tomorrow evening, well, next Monday, we're going to have our critical conversations meeting. And I love the critical conversations meetings because we are moving into merging the gap between racial awareness and consciousness and healing within our church and also within our, our spiritual community and the world. So thank you for all of you who are participating in this with me. We have Bible study class on Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. And what I love about it is God has led me to do the Bible studies where I take the scriptures that we use on Sundays and we deeper into it. So it's been very exciting. And then Wednesday evening is Bible, um, Wednesday evening meditation. I'm doing it online, on Zoom, and in person. So if you feel like coming and joining us in person at 7 p.m. on Wednesdays, feel free. If not, join us online on the Zoom. And then we have next Saturday, or is it this Saturday? This Saturday coming up is our Adopt-A-Pet Family Fun Day is, I'm so excited because we're mixing the Family Fun Day at the same time as Adopt-A-Pet so that the kids and family can be involved. We're going to have a cupcake walk and different things for the kids. And we're going to have three adopt, uh, pet rescues here too. So that's pretty cool. And I want to thank everybody who participated in putting that together. This will be one of our community outreach events. So we are looking for volunteers to, uh, to join us with, for this, to help us out. And then our women's group is meeting next Sunday, well, the Sunday coming, yeah, next Sunday at 12 p.m. One of our uh, yoga gurus, Rhonda Barnes, will be doing a restorative yoga, which is pretty cool. So we'll be using deflated um, balls and doing these, uh, what does she call them, massage, they're, self, they're relaxing self-massage floor exercises. And we're, so bring your mats, bring your blankets, um, blocks, wear loose clothing, and we're going to give you enough time to eat, change your clothes, and then come show up. The love offering is $6, so you can get the de deflated ball to go with it, the um, yoga class. And then the men's group is meeting on October 17th, uh, October 17th, October 16th, which is a Saturday, meeting here and discussing the four agreements. I really like that book. That's a really powerful book. So, Men, you are all invited. Even if you have not read the book, feel free to join in here uh, Saturday the 16th at 10 a.m. I think you'll enjoy the discussion. That's a really good book. Then we're having another family trivia game night on October 16th, which thank you, Eileen. Raise your hand, Eileen. Eileen's been hosting it and, pu and putting the uh, trivia questions together. It's been pretty cool. And Faith's team, uh, Mary, you were on Faith's team. What you call yourself? The Three Stooges? The Stooges? Oh, I, what did we call you guys? I, not the idiots. I forgot what we called you guys. But it, the Stooges was their name, and they beat me and Howard. So we're going to come back with a vengeance next time. It'll, October 16th at 7 p.m. And then we're having a trunk or treat 
on October 30th for our kids. This is another outreach community um, event. I'm really excited. I would like as many of you as you can show up, I mean, as you can to show up. Um, we're going to back our trunks in. We're going to decorate our trunks, wear your costumes, and enjoy passing out individualized wrapped candy for the kids. We're going to have um, some, uh, I got to look at my, my slide. Cider and donuts will be served as well. <laughs> so if you would like to volunteer for the Adopt-A-Family, I mean Adopt-A-Pet and the uh, Trunk or Treat, feel free to go to the link on our website, the Volunteers Needed link, and then you can also volunteer for all the other events and other things that we have going on at our church as well. Tomorrow we're going to have a volunteers meeting is we still having it tomorrow at 7 p.m. for all of you who are volunteers and also those of you who are volunteering for the adopt-a-family I mean why do I keep saying we got to get ready for the adopt-a-family that's what's going on for the adopt-a-pet and the trunk or treat because we got an adopt-a-family coming up and we that's on my mind right now if you um so you just go there and go to unityfh.com Fill out the link on there if you want to volunteer, if you haven't already. And uh, we would love to have you help us out. You can also, on, that, on our website, you can um, go to the, access the link for the Veterans Outreach because we're opening up the door for outreach for veterans and also for our Nextdoor community page. A lot of our events are on that Nextdoor community page as well. If you want to sign up for our email blast, go to our website, scroll down to the bottom, fill out that form and you're going to get your email blast. And then also to become a member at our church or to renew your membership. If you haven't renewed your membership for this year, please do so. Go to the website, click on About Us, fill out that membership link. To schedule an appointment with me for prayer or just to talk, I'm here for you all. You can email me at seniorminister at unityfh.com. There is the leader of the team that beat us for family trivia night, Miss, Miss Faith and the students. <laughs> Um, so, so go ahead if you want to schedule an appointment with me. Um, email me at seniorminister at unityfh.com or you can call me at 248-737-9191. My office hours are Tuesdays from 10, to 4, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Wednesdays from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you want to put your prayer requests in um, personally, write them down. You can. There's a prayer request box outside on the counter outside of the sanctuary, and you can also email your request to prayerchaplains at unityfh.com. What I love is that after we've prayed over your request, held them in prayer for 30 days, we send them a silent unity, and they hold them in prayer for another 30 days. So Eileen is also one of our prayer chaplains, and Roxanne is probably watching. She's another one of our prayer chaplains, and I'm very grateful for your service for holding this up. A prayer ministry was something I really wanted, and now we have it. Well, this concludes our announcements for today. And now as our music team sings surely the presence, let us prepare our hearts and minds to hear the daily word and for our opening prayer. Surely the presence of the Lord is in this place. I can feel God's mighty power. 
and God's grace I can hear the brush of angels' wings I see glory on each face Surely the of the Lord is in this place. It's time for the reading of the Daily Word. The Word for today, Sunday, October 3rd, 2021 is faith. The affirmation reads, with the assurance of faith, I move ahead with confidence. And the message reads, faith is my guiding light. It keeps me hopeful when I'm tempted to doubt and cheerful when I might otherwise feel gloomy. Faith tells me that even when the sky appears cloudy, the sun is still shining brightly above the clouds. Faith gives me a secure footing in the, presence, in the present as I plan for the future. Faith is the assurance that I am never alone, that everything I dream and do is divinely inspired. Every step I take in the direction of my aspirations is fueled by faith, that, by faith that they can come to pass. All of the wisdom, power, love, and strength of God are mine to express as only I can. Leaving timidity and hesitancy behind, I use these divine attributes boldly and with confidence. Faith shows me the way forward. And the affirmation for today comes from Hebrews, it's chapter 11, verse 1, and it reads, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of things not seen. Let us pray. So I invite you to gently close your eyes with me and take a deep breath. And just allow your attention to float right down in the center of your chest, which is your heart center. And continue to gently breathe in and out, but imagine you're breathing in and out from that, the center of your chest. And as we do this, we tune into that one power and that one presence that is active in our lives and in the universe is that one ultimate activity that co-creates our life with us, God the good omnipotent. And it is so easy for us to tune into that energy if we decide to, to tune into the presence of love, that stillness inside, because we are one with the, God, the presence of God. So that means, God, that we are absolute good, absolutely. And right now we open ourselves up to feel that knowing, to know that truth, that your goodness dwells inside of us, that wherever we are, you are there with us because you are one with us. And no matter how things look, all is well. So we can easily say, 
all is well with my soul. And as we take another deep, deep breath, breathing that in, God, we allow ourselves to open up to hear your message, to understand it deeply from the inside out, to become the spiritual expression of it, and to go out and live it in this world. And as we sit in the silence just for a little bit, we'll tune more deeply into that presence. And we thank you, God, for your mighty gift of love that loves us no matter what. Amen. Now we can open our eyes. And let us affirm our statement of being together. That was beautiful, David. Thank you. That was beautiful. Together, God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And now let us affirm our UFH growth affirmation together, knowing that it is working and thanking God for that. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers of unity truth, fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you for that. And I have our first special song, and then I'll be back with our message. Well, good morning, everyone. Once again, I'm sure you guys live by the phrase, let go, let God. And that's really what this song is all about. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. Leave it all behind. I have what you need, but you keep on searching. I've done all the work, but you keep on working. When you're running on empty and you can't find the remedy, just come to the well. You can spend your whole life 
Chasing what's missing But that empty inside It just ain't gonna listen When nothing can satisfy And the world leaves you high and dry Just come to the well And all who thirst will thirst no Come as you are When your last prayer is spoken Just rest in my arms a while And you'll feel a change, my child When you come to the well Yeah And all who thirst will thirst no Like a stream in the desert As soon all the world will see Living water is found in me Cause you came to the world Yeah Suit up 
affection, your fear of rejection, your temporary pleasures, all your earthly treasures, your dried up empty religion, your rusty chains of addiction, all the guilt that weighs you down. interesting how <laughs> you always find songs that make me cry. <laughs> I know it's not intentional, but that wasn't that a touching song? Just think about it. Leave it all behind. Can you imagine God saying that to you, to leave it all behind? I'm trying to let it, I'm trying to leave the tears behind. <laughs> they won't go. So anyway. I'm just touched by that song. I'm touched by the knowing. I'm touched by the truth. I'm touched by the awareness. I'm touched by having to blow my nose. <laughs> Thanks, Deidre. I'm touched by having my friends here. Uh, anyway, okay. So I do have a joke for today. <laughs> There were these two boys who lived in a small town, and they were brothers. They were mischievous. They were always into some kind of trouble. I mean, anytime something happened in the, in the town, they knew it had to do with the Jones brothers some way or another. So anyway, the mother was thinking about what she could do to tone her little boys down. So she thought about it. I'll have them talk to the minister. So the minister said, sure, perfect. Have them come in one at a time. So she had her oldest brother, John, go in. And, John, and, John, and the minister was talking to John, said, have a seat, John. And then he sits down and he says, so, John, where is God? And John's looking around like, and he asked him again, did you hear what I said? Where is God? And so John's starting to get a little nervous, right? So then the minister asked him one more time, John, where is God? John gets up, he storms out of the, out of the office, runs all the way home, storms into his, his and his brother's room, closes the door and locks it, and goes over to his brother and says, God is missing and think we took him. <laughs> I, I thought that was cute. I was trying not to laugh through the whole, and I made it through without laughing. Without laughing. So today, we're going to continue our discussion on the Sermon of the Mount, which uh, I think is the greatest sermon ever written. And I mean, actually, he just spoke it by the greatest minister who ever preached, and that was Jesus. And Matthew is so long that it's in, I mean, uh, the Sermon on the Mount is so long, it's in Matthews 5, 6, and 7. And we are right now in uh, chapter 5, verse 31 and 32. We've already gone through the beginning of it, and it's interesting when you read through the Sermon on the Mount, and as we've been studying the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus 
This is perfect how he builds upon each teaching, each thing he presents, each part of his ministry that he, is, that he was here to live out in this world. He led us off step by step, and he's still in this scriptures leading us step by step. He started by preparing our minds, by going into those vulnerable parts of our consciousness and those attitudes of being and saying how that if you're in a state of feeling poor of spirit, you are blessed because if you're poor of spirit, it means that you know you need God. And if you know you need God, then you, you are blessed because the kingdom of heaven is yours. And he says that every time that you look at a deeper, in those beatitudes, in a deeper way, you are somehow blessed by God. That God bless you when you surrender your consciousness to God. And so in order for the, the disciples and the followers of Jesus to truly understand him, he helped them prepare their mind. And before he even did that, when you look at the opening of the Sermon on the Mount, he saw the multitudes coming. And as he saw the multitudes coming, which means when those thoughts rush in, he rose up on the mountainside and sat down, which means that you see the perspective, to see your circumstance from a higher perspective, and you root yourself in that higher perspective. Before you can go into reading the Bible, studying Scripture, studying what is even your purpose, and talking to God, you have to slow yourself down. You have to move yourself away from the world, and you have to root yourself in the inside in your consciousness with God. And that's what he did when he went up on the mount. And then it said that the disciples all gathered around, which means there are 12 facets of, facets of our consciousness that we call our 12 powers that become awakened the moment you tune into the Christ in you, your higher self. And when you tune in, you're open to hear what God has to say. Today, the title of my talk is Open Your Heart to God. Open your heart to God. As Jesus moved into the Beatitudes, then he went ahead and told us about the teachings of how to open your heart and how to open your mind and be the consciousness of love in this world and spiritual understanding. That's the salt of the earth, which is the understanding experience and the light of the world is the love. And then he went and talked a little bit deeper on the law. Because in Judaism, it is rooted and founded on scripture, on law, on the Ten Commandments, and all of the teachings of the prophets, the rules and the laws from the prophets. So he talked about that, but then he went deeper in this. He said, until you move and have a righteousness that goes beyond the Pharisees, that is looking beyond those actions, that goes deeper into the motivations of those actions, your intentions, those hidden alter alter ulterior motives that guide you forward in life, you cannot go be beyond the Pharisees. Because he said the righteousness of the Pharisees. Righteousness means right-minded being, right-minded thinking, right relation in every area of your life. The Pharisees were self-righteous. He wanted us to move past being self-righteous, gauging everybody according to the letter of the law, moving into what the true spirit of the law is. So what was missing at the time was God's presence in God's word. 
as the, as the Pharisees were teaching God's word, there wasn't God's presence in there. There was only the human presence there that would be, look for something to condemn and judge according to the letter of the law. Jesus is saying, let's move deeper. Let's move into the spirit of the law. Let's move into the true intention on why the Ten Commandments were made in the first place. It's to move us into being a stronger expression of love as we interact with each other. That was the one thing that was seriously missing in the righteousness of the, disciples, of the Pharisees and the teachers was L-O-V-E, love. So today we're going to move deeper into that. We talked about how anger is just as powerful as murdering someone. And last week we talked about what adultery means. And adultery is the mingling of those false thoughts with the truth of who you are, with the truth that's in your mind. That's what the spiritual meaning of adultery is. Now, when we talked about it, we were, of course, talking about committing adultery with someone else's spouse. But the true meaning of it is bringing in faulty thinking, error thoughts, in the way you think about God. Being distracted from God with the things that you're doing. We're created to be the expression of God in every single thought, in every single thing we do, in every word that comes out of our mouth is meant to be infused by the love of the Christ that you are, by the love of the presence of God that you are. And so now let's move into this next scripture that's dealing with divorce. And this kind of touched me. I was like, can we skip past this, God? I've been divorced several times here. Divorced one, my, my kid's father twice, had a second ex-husband. I, I, I'm feeling kind of guilty about this. Let me read it and, 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 and we'll see why, and you'll, you'll understand why. This is called Teaching About Divorce, and it's Matthew chapter 5, verses 31 and 32. And, and remember, if you feel led to bring your Bible, bring it. Nothing like reading from the actual scripture in your hands. It says, you have heard the laws that said, the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say, the man who divorces his wife, unless she has committed unfaith, has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. God, I thank you for blessing this scripture. I thank you for preparing me throughout this week for this. You know I've been nervous to talk about this because of how bad I used to feel about being divorced several times. And so I let go of my human. I release any last parts of guilt that's there. And I let you fully come through me. I have an open heart. I have an open heart. Thank you, God. Amen. So, as we delve into this, this scripture comes from Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 1. And in there, it, set, gives, it gives men permission to just write a letter to their wives and just divorce, just hand a letter to them and send them on their way. And the interesting thing that we need to look at and remember during the time back in Judaism back then was that women were considered property at the time. They weren't important, as important as man. And a woman who wasn't married was really not as important as man. And a woman who, once you divorced her, 
if the divorce was not, was not because of, um, what does it say here? It says, unfaithful, the person has been unfaithful, so committing adultery was one of the only ways that a man could commit adultery at the time, I mean, a divorce at the time. But in Deuteronomy, it was written that they could just, they, could, they took the law, those who were not open in their heart, and would just, if you, the, if you cooked a bad meal, they divorced you. If you said something they didn't like, they divorced you. They saw another woman who was younger and more pretty, let you go. Discarded you like trash at that time. And that was the teaching at the time, and the Pharisees taught that it was okay to do it. And then the women who were released were left destitute. So now, if they get married again, according to this scripture, according to Jesus, they're committing adultery. When you go to Matthew, verse, Matthew chapter 19, verse 8 and 9, there's some uh, followers of Jesus who are asking, why did, you, why did God permit divorce if it was that God's law, God's intention was to only be married and stay married until death do you part? And that only if the person committed adultery could you, the man divorce the woman. And so Jesus is being asked, well, why? We're in, I'm going to read it from Matthew chapter 19, verse 8. And, well, I'll go at seven, start at seven. Then why did Moses say, this is them asking Jesus a question, then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice? Now, this is after he's saying that God intended for a husband to find a wife and two to come together as one and stay together for the rest of your life. So they're asking Jesus this question. Then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her on her way? send her away. Now they're trying to trip him up. And he answers this, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts because of the way they were treating women at the time. So instead of leaving the woman stuck in that marriage to be abused and treated incorrect, unlovingly, God gave a concession to Moses that you can divorce if you write the woman a letter. And then it says, but it was not what God had originally intended. And this is where he repeats this again. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery unless his wife has been unfaithful. Now, even if the wife has been unfaithful or It's something about the wife that the husband doesn't like. The other thing, the other thing that God gave a reason for divorce was if someone who was not a believer was married to you and they left, then you could divorce then. That's the second way. But this is the thing that I felt so bad about. I felt bad that being with my second husband and my third husband, that I was committing adultery. And it sat with me for a long time. And a lot of people who read this scripture and take it literally it sits with you for a long time that you're committing adultery, that you're being guilty. And I want to have a relationship with God, and I want it, no sin to st be 
step be, uh, block me from being the expression of God. But the truth is, there is no condemnation in God. The truth is, when you look over in 1 John, when there, it says that when you confess your sins, when you confess those areas in your heart where you were separate, I didn't have an open heart at the time that I was married the first two, to my first two husbands. I didn't have an open heart. I didn't have a deeper understanding of what it meant to live. And I had a, ma a marriage that I could stand by because my parents were married for 38 years and they were in love and they were so such an amazing example. But you know, children still have their own things that go on in their mind and you still, you still live with your own, your own thoughts. Your, you create your own experiences. You create your own opinions of the world. And you create your own um, beliefs about things. So I had that to live by, but my heart wasn't open because I didn't feel... I didn't feel worthy of love. So I didn't want to open my heart up and get close to somebody and have them hurt me. So I didn't know that even when you leave under those circumstances, that God will still love you no matter what. And it wasn't until I got deeper in my relationship with God, when I, even when I married God on June 14, 2003, and said, I will never let another person come before you, and even if I do, I give you permission to take that person out of my way, even if it's me, I still didn't have an open heart. I still didn't feel worthy of love. And I'm here to tell you, each and every one of you is just as worthy of love as I am, whether it's in a marriage or not. But the most important marriage, the most important marriage that matters above all else is your relationship with God. Your relationship with God. As Jesus talks about this, he said they had hardened hearts which is why God made concessions that they could go ahead and divorce, give them a note, even on the most frivolous reasons. But he said that there's an intention for you to stay one with the one you marry. And if you do divorce, there's still the intention that God will love you no matter what. And you can still go on and live a happy life in the next marriage. You can still go on knowing that you're worthy of love even if you have sinned. Sinning just means that you missed the mark of expressing God. We miss the mark of expressing God every single day. That's why Jesus says seven times 70 on forgiving your neighbor. But the truth is add on seven times 70 on forgiving you. And then add on seven times 70 on forgiving God those times you're like, why in the world is this going on in my life? Where are you, God? Those moments that it seems like you don't feel God. And those moments you are divorced from God. You have separated, you've distracted yourself from God in consciousness. Jesus isn't just talking about this as relationship with husband and wife. Jesus is talking about this with our relationship with God. And I promise you, if you have an ultimate, up close and personal, open heart relationship with God where you are feeling worthy of God, and I promise you the only one that can really truly make you feel worthy of love is God. You cannot have a good marriage unless God is present. And the only way to have a good marriage where God is present is to have that relationship with God first. Let go of pointing a finger at your husband or your wife or whoever. Let go of pointing a finger and bring the finger into you. Release it. 
and turn your consciousness over to God. Open your heart to God to do a mighty work inside of you that you become the best expression in your relationship with God that you could ever be, the best marriage that you could ever have. And on a spiritual level, I tell you, every time Jesus talks in Scripture, Jesus talks on a multi-level. He's a multi-dimensional man, not those single three-dimensional man. He's a multi-dimensional man, which means he was talking spiritual. Every time Jesus opened his mouth, Spirit spoke. That's what I want. That's what I want. I got another chance. And I promise you, my heart is open to be the most powerful expression of a wife to God first. Putting God first beyond anything else that I could be the most powerful me, I could be first. And then the most powerful wife, I could be next. Their hearts were closed. That's the whole true meaning of this. Not causing anyone to feel guilty because of adultery or divorce. or anything. That wasn't the true meaning of what Jesus had in here. Jesus meant for us to align our minds and our hearts with the love of God inside and use that to feel your, feel, F-U-E-L, your relationship with anyone else you're around. That is why he taught all this other stuff first, being angry, being the light, being the love, being all of this stuff, because then he was going to go in there and get deep and heavy. We're talking about divorce, which was, which was pretty big back then, and truth be told, is really big now too. But if your mind was coming from a spiritual perspective, there need not be any guilt. Just turn it over to God. Turn your life over to God. Open your heart. The Bible talks about the church being married to God. You are the church, brothers and sisters, in Christ. You are the church. It's the physical presence that God is using to emanate in this world. That's you. And we're being guided to go deeper in these scriptures, to go deeper in the, the law, to add love to what you're reading. And to live according to the spirit of what you're reading, not just the letter of what you're reading. It's good to know. It's good to know the letter of the law. But go deep down inside and understand the spiritual meaning that is, is motivating that law in the first place. That you may be a deeper expression of your marriage to God. Why this is kept. God is having a relationship with you. God is having a relationship with me. Whether I acknowledge it or not, whether I'm in tune with it or not, whether I'm distracted from it or not, or whether I'm fully head all in, God has a relationship with you. God is married to you. The Bible says the two come together and become one. Well, baby, you are already one with God. You are already one with God. So that means the God in you becomes one with the God in the other person to express the God in the marriage. You are one with God now. Open your heart up and be a full expression of that God in your relationship with God. Right now, I am open to the love of God together. I am open to the love of God. I am married to God together. I am married to God. I live... Uh, what do you want me to say, God? I'm all caught up in my own stuff. I am faithful to my relationship with God. Together, I am faithful to my relationship with God. That's the other piece that was missing. Being faithful to the spirit of the word, not the actions of what being, you're being told to do. 
So there's three things Jesus was really grilling us with in these, in these scriptures and in the Sermon on the Mount. To be just among each other. To be just. Have justice. To be merciful with each other, which means love is all infused in there. And to be faithful. To always honor and respect and love and treat as if you know the God in the other person. Because if you're being unloving to someone else, you're divorced from God. That's just the truth. Let us open up and open your heart more deeply to be a fuller relationship of love with God. How many of you want to join me in that? Opening your heart more deeply to God. Opening, see that heart right there? I, I use that heart for a reason. The outer part of that heart is the church, which is your body. The inner part of that is what God uses to love through you. Howard, do you have that other picture that you had the, with the, the other hearts that are closed? Can you show that one, please? The first one you were showing me you wanted to phase into. Or you can do it with the multiple heart. Yeah, that one. Can God get through that? No. Do you know how many of us are walking around closed up like that? Because we're so caught up in all these other things that are blocking our minds, error thoughts, error beliefs, insecurities, all of those things. God is saying, come to me. Can you go back to the other one, please? That I may live in you and through you as a full expression of the God. And look at how that is. That's set up that you can link other hearts to it as well. And that is what we are meant to express. Oneness in this world by linking up in our behavior with others in this world. So, let us focus less on the actions of others, our own actions, the actions of those who we're in relationship with, the actions of those who we're married to. And let's focus more on being the fullness of God. Let us focus on opening our hearts up so full. Imagine that heart getting so big that it expands past that screen. And you could feel it way in the back, in the balcony, the love and oneness of God. I want us to set an intention that our hearts are so open that when you walk into the room, it changes the atmosphere. It changes the atmosphere. And people are looking around wondering, Where'd that come from? And all they got to do is look, and they see your light. So this is extending past being the light of the, the, light of the world, earth, and the, and the salt. I mean, the salt of the earth and the light of the world. This is the love of your life. Fall in love with the love of your life. The love of your life is God. Open your heart to God. And let God open you up to what is waiting for you. I promise you. It is bigger than you could ever imagine. Amen. Amen. Namaste. So we're going to have our second special song, and I'll be up with the love offering, take my stuff.
hold on Is this really the life I'm living? Cause I don't feel like I deserve it Every day that I wake Every breath that I take You've given So right here Right now While the sun is shining down I want to live Like there's no Does this work up there? Is this working? Okay. So let's um, go ahead and gently close your eyes. We're going to prepare for our love offering blessing. Gently close your eyes and bring forth. Take a deep breath and bring forth what you feel led to give to Unity of Farmington Hills for a love offering. And now let us affirm our love offering blessing. Together, divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. And now let us stand up. We're going to do our virtual prayer circle. So we just stand and stay where you are. Gently close your eyes and take a deep breath. 
Bring to mind someone who you feel needs prayer, even if that person is you. And as you call that person's name out into the circle, I'll go ahead and start praying. Ashley, Dion, Dana, Dana, Daddy. Lord, as you hear these names being called out into this circle, we know that each and every name is being touched, the, the, the bodies and the minds and the souls of each and every person whose name has been called out is being touched, and even in this moment, by you, that you're behind the scenes working your work in their lives and in their minds and in their bodies and their circumstances, and when, in whatever way they need to be touched, you're touching them. And we thank you, God, for your mighty gift of love that loves no matter what. Amen. I forgot to mention that if you want to do your donations online, you can go to unityfh.com and do your donations that way. And you can do a credit, debit card, or PayPal. Um, and also, you can mail in your checks if you want to to unityfh.com, 32500 West 13-mile road, Farmington Hills, Michigan, 48334. <laughs> we all do that for the end. And then if you want to give to our angel fund, which is our benevolent fund that, uh, that we have for those in need at our church, you can go ahead and do the donation the same way you would do a love offering, but just hit the angel fund. If you want to mail it in, you can mail it into the same address that you do for the love offering, but just designate on your check that it is for the angel fund. Huh, I think I covered everything. Um, and then if you want to give your donation, if you have a donation here to give, there'll be an usher waiting outside when we leave out to do that as well. So housekeeping is done. Let's do our prayer for protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. And thank you, baby, for keeping up with me. My husband, I've been switching back and forth. So he's still keeping up with me with the slides. So thank you. Let's sing our prayer for our uh, peace song. <sighs> Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. 
If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings, but still want to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page at www.unityfh.com donate.